Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the This Unomics podcast. Um, make sure you check out my last week when I was joined by a special guest. My G, Taser fucking Black. We spoke about the event industry. We spoke about free shots of tequila. He's one of the popular podcast. And it was a really, really funny podcast. We're talking about the do's and don'ts, having terrible DJs, partying abroad, um, demands um, from your female guests compared to demands from your male guests. And those who are just entrepreneurial or especially in the event scene, Taser dropped so much good information. He's been in that game for eight years. He's made good money. Him and his partner, Matthew, with Faded, it's such a fantastic brand, so you will learn a lot from that and laugh a lot. So make sure you check that podcast out. But today I'm joined by, um, I was going to call you a queen, but I saw a queen's microaggression, so I'm not sure if I could call you that. So I'll just call you an enemy, which is what you are to me, <laughs> five out of seven days. So what is your name, special guest? Um, Hi, I'm Shami Williams. I am a psychological wellbeing therapist. And I run the platform Lafia Health to promote um, matters regarding um, health inequalities in the Black community. So that's health and mental health. So how long have you been doing um, Lafia um, um, Health for? Um, I started it in 2017, where it was essentially just a blog, um, sharing people's experiences, um, things that have affected their health or their mental health or um, overviews um, on on issues that are quite peculiar to our community, such as like diabetes um, and, and um, the, the over-representation of psychotic disorders. And then from there, I branched out into speaking engagements and um, throwing events. Okay, wicked. So what would you say is your most common, like what do you see in terms of like the most common theme for like people's issues and when it comes to like their mental health that you've seen from in your three years? The most common theme amongst black people? Yeah. Um, I'd say denial. Mm. Denial is the most common theme. I think we are very, very used to our survival mode that, you know, when it does come to matters of the mind, it's just something that we don't have the time to comprehend. We don't have the time to accept and we don't have the time to deal with. So as long as, you know, to the point where if your legs aren't broken and you can still walk, you know, you have to keep going. That's mm. what it is. The mind is is an afterthought. It's a, it's a luxury to even think about it. So I think denial is definitely um, the the common theme that I come across. Okay, that's. Do you think that? Do you think? Have you seen any changes to that? Do you think are we getting better? Let's say um, in the last three years, do you think that the um, the big campaigns and the do you know how there was there's been in recent years more awareness to regards of like, the impact of mental health. Um, issues can have on our community have you do you think that we are making positive steps forward or do you still feel like we're quite stagnant or going backwards or like what, what do you feel on it from what you've seen I feel like we are making steps forward in the fact that you know the conversation is now open because before mental health was a big taboo 
um, especially. So the most obvious type of mental health problem is psychotic disorders. Um, the rest might people just might not take as seriously. But when when someone's reality is, is being misshapen, um, you know that's that's more difficult to hide, and that to a lot of families is something that they do not tell people. They don't seek help for it. Um, they don't even believe it's a mental health problem. A lot of the time, they might link it to religion and it becomes like you know the family shame the family taboo mm. and i feel like the dialogue allows people to know you know this is a problem and it can be remedied with help you know so that i think on that front that a lot a lot of good has come out of it because people are getting help they're sharing their experiences um and they're accessing support um i think on the on the front of you know things that are that might be a bit more functional um, so, you know, your, your mild to moderate levels of depression and anxiety, you still have a lot, a long way to go. People don't recognize that. Like, people just think, you know, you're sad or, you know, just get out of your head. And it's not always that easy, unfortunately. I feel like there still needs to be a bit more education on how these things can be helped and how they are not normal. Um, and, you know, suicide is a, is a big topic. Um, you know, black people are, are um, and, and, you know, especially like men are overrepresented in those statistics. And it's just something that the conversation can very rarely be entertained. Um, so there's still a long way to go, but there has been some level of progress. I think accessibility to services as well is another big barrier um, on on the part of the the services. I feel like there needs to be a long way to go on on the way that we are perceived by services and the way that we approach them as well. Okay, yeah, you know, I heard similar. Not say I heard. Well, I have heard, but I've also read similar regarding. On, on physical health regarding um, especially black women when it comes to hospitals and general practices where their claims of how much pain they're in or how they don't feel isn't taken as seriously. And so yeah. you're saying that this is also reflected in the more mental health aspects of things. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, as you know, um, black people have been historically brutalised and the way in which the people that did brutalize them, they can't, they um, you know justified it by saying you know they can take pain more, mm. and we have these we have these stereotypes following us into society now. So when people do, and you know we're quite an, exp an expressive people culturally, you know you have yeah we're quite expressive culturally. So people kind of see it as um, hysteria, and they don't take it at face value. Mm. They don't believe that we perceive pain in the same way. You know I think that they've um, shown a lot of medical students to believe that that black people require like thicker needles because we have thicker skin which we don't you know we're human like everyone else and you can see how pervasive these stereotypes are that man, that, that man think our skin is made out of vibranium what exactly <laughs> like yeah adamantium, adamantium and all of that mm. and all of them ones mm. um so you get you get um in mental health where medication that's required to subdue you to um to cause sedation is over prescribed to black people mm. Um, and a lot of these medications, you know, they have, they don't, they, they're not good to take in large doses, but because it's perceived that it's only going to be effective if we, you know, if we, um, if we, over, if we give this person a high dosage because they are that much stronger, quote unquote, um, you get people have, having more, um, physical health side effects as well. And it's just, it's not an equal system. And, and this is how it comes out in, in, in um in mental health especially like with restraints as well you get black people restrained a lot more because they were just perceived as more aggressive and more strong um and then when there i think some years back there's like a trend of um, black people dying in mental health hospitals because of being because of over restraint um wow. and you know lack of breathing yeah so this stuff it definitely does um link into the the mental health sector this is something that we definitely need to highlight more as a community. And speaking of things we've been highlighting, obviously in the last month or so, um, with the deaths of Breonna Taylor, rest in peace, um, the deaths of George, George Floyd, we've seen a massive spark of of just basically outcry. Um, I wouldn't say retaliation, but well, retaliation to the justice system. So people are protesting. Americans have been literally protesting every day since um, mm -hmm. we've seen protests here we saw the clashes last weekend and we've seen companies at first put out a lot of terrible statements but those <laughs> companies companies people of interest so celebrities whether they be entertainment entertainment stars sports stars um, fashion 
um, fashion designers or whatever. And obviously the streets this time we ain't having it. Like everybody got pammed and then they've come correct. We're seeing <laughs> now all of a sudden checkbook now open, donations all over the place. We're seeing powerful messages or hashtag powerful. I don't really believe in that powerful message stuff. Just do stuff. But um, <laughs> we're seeing a lot of we're seeing a lot of change being inflicted. So what has been your feelings with this uh, with this wave? Do you feel like are you happy with how we responded as a society? And do you think that this is a different time to maybe previous times before? Um, hmm, that's a very complicated question. I think I am happy that that you know people are speaking up, people are waking up. People are fighting against it. Um, yeah, I'm very happy about that. And I, I always will be. I would always support that. I feel like any oppressed group should speak up. I feel like, you know, the status quo is to, to keep things as they are. You have to mess it up to, to get results. So I'm always in support for that in any situation. Um, you know, I I I really, really respect people that protested. Um, I couldn't because, you know, I live with my parents and, um, you know, the the... the pandemic going around that yeah I, I couldn't but I have so much respect for people that did um and yeah so I'm, I'm happy with that I think I think this time it's it's beautiful and it's and it is different because the world is a lot more is a lot more interconnected mm. so you know people America is a big country but they see the the oh, I I have mixed feelings about the the video of George Floyd I personally couldn't watch it but I get mm. how having a video evokes more emotions in, in people and people watched it all over the world and those emotions were evoked. And I wish it didn't take that, to be honest. I don't feel like a, a brutalised body is what it should take to to cause that. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It did take that to cause it and it caused it around the world. And the world is very united on this front. So, like most people will, will see such and say, you know, this was bad. Something should be done. This is unjust. And, you know, it's led to the dialogue opening on so many other cases as well. Um, and, and you know, people, although, you know, um, action has been taken against George Floyd's um, killer and, and um, accomplices, people still want more, which is good. And it's, it's opened the, the floodgates to, to, you know, what was the tip of the iceberg to, to more so I am I'm really happy about that I think it's different in the sense that the world is interconnected on the issue but it's also the same in the sense that you know this is not the first third second fourth mm. tenth thousandth time that people are protesting against this the same thing so it is it's, we're on a cycle as technology advances there's going to be different ways and different methods but it is it's, it's a very cyclical thing required at different stages of life because oppression it just changes how it looks sometimes mm. Yeah, it's true. Talk, um, talk about change, pressure how it looks. So that segues into more stuff like on the UK basis. So obviously we've seen things like um, the disparity in the COVID deaths with um, Black African and Black Caribbeans being men and women being disproportionately more likely to die. And although the government, Public Health England, spent four, five, six weeks doing this report, there was no actionable items and there's no real further information why this is happening. And then obviously yeah. recently, um, Boris and them, there's a racial um, injustice commission um, commissioned by the, um, the prime minister, even though they had one before and they made loads of findings. So having actionable items, he's like, okay, we're going to do another committee. And I can't remember the name, one is which she's called Murray something. I'll get the name. I always forget her name. But the person he's put in charge of it um, is on record <laughs> basically saying um, systematic racism doesn't exist. So, wow. Yeah. Basically long and short. So, when you think of racism in the UK, what's your thoughts on it? Um, what's your experiences, if you've had any, I'll probably, I'm guessing you, you have. And how do you, and finally, how do you feel like it differs being a woman? Like, obviously, you're a black woman, for those who haven't guessed by now. But um, how do you feel <laughs> like it, how do you feel like it differs for you as, as experience as a woman? Because obviously, on my podcast, I've had men speak about women, but I like to give a balanced, um, um, what's it called, viewpoint. Um, racism in the UK. You know, a lot of people will say, you know, it's very subtle. It's very such yeah. and such. I don't, I don't think it's a subtle thing personally. I think we're just accustomed to it. Mm. Um, it yeah, we're accustomed to it. Um, and you know, I so okay. The first time I, I feel like I had the discussion with my, with my parent about race is when I was a child, maybe about I don't know, seven, eight, nine, something, something like that. And I was well when I recognised it anyway. Um, and I wanted to invite my friend round or some of my friends round and one of them, um, one of them went to her dad because she spends her weekends with her dads and I wanted mm. her to spend the weekend with me 
And then her dad said some, something like, um, yeah, I'm not going to give up my weekend with you for this nigger. Whoa. Um, I didn't know what the word meant. I went to my teacher. I asked my teacher, what, like, what does nigger mean? And, um, sh- and then I got in trouble for asking the teacher but, and using the word. So I didn't know what this word meant. I knew that I'm in trouble for using it. And I knew that I have been called one. Mm. But that's all I had. And don't get me wrong. Obviously, I knew that my skin color was different. I knew I was black and other kids were white, but I didn't know the connotations behind being black. Um, then from there, obviously, I had to, that's why my mom spoke to me about it. And it was a very brief conversation. She just told me that there are people that don't like you because you're black and they're stupid, essentially. like long. That's, that was the, the long story short. So that was my understanding, that some people do not like my skin and they're dumb for not liking my skin. Um, other differences that I didn't notice until upon, uh, t- until reflection is that you know, I had in in school we had a conversation about race and me being the only um, full black girl in my class. Um, the teacher invited people to touch my hair to understand the what? differences, and I didn't understand that that was. I knew I felt uncomfortable, but I didn't. I couldn't articulate why I felt uncomfortable or why it was weird. It was just like, yeah, but I, I felt very othered. I felt very different from everyone. I felt like a spectacle. Um, and you know, when you grow up, you know, you I. I remember I got a phone call from a teacher. I was a good student in school. Um, I didn't get into, into no trouble, nothing like that. I got a phone call from, my mom got a phone call from a teacher just, and she'll just be calling my mom saying that I'm mixing with the wrong crowd. And that was it. Like, there's no, we haven't done anything. We're not criminals in the wrong crowds or nothing. We're just girls having fun. But for some reason, that's me mixing with the wrong crowd. Um, and obviously now upon reflection, I can realise that, yeah, there was a group of black girls who felt intimidated and she wanted my mum to be on edge and or for me to correct my behaviour of of moving around with them. Um, in school, I had a teacher um, touch my bum. Hey. And I remember I was I got into trouble for um, for talking about it. I, I like I didn't a lot of stuff I didn't understand, but I realised in hindsight that, yeah, this is really messed up. And, you know, when you look at these stereotypes of the hypersexualization of black women, um, w- when you do talk about um you know, being assaulted or whatever, it looks like maybe you're attention seeking or you wanted it or, you know, you're just, you're just doing something wrong. It's not, nothing's being done wrong to you. You are just in the wrong. There's no innocence or purity to protect there because you are the, the harlot of a woman as opposed to this person is violating you. Um, And these are things that at the time, I don't, I don't know how I was impacted to be honest. I can't answer that. Mm. But I know now upon reflection that, my blackness most likely played a part into these things. Um, so yeah, I've, I've definitely experienced racism in the UK. And, you know, when you look at these incidences, it's, it's not, I'm, I'm talking about incidences that are, that people will say, you know, it's very, it's very um, covert. I don't think that it's covert in the UK. I just feel like people um, separate themselves from these things. I just think, I just think, um, yeah, I, I, um, I don't think it's as covert. I think, what what we can't well not what we can't do i think what maybe we make the mistake of and i don't really blame people is like looking at america and scaling on that because you see very 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 hard line like actual violence where they literally die in do you know what i mean and you've literally got senators and and governors saying absolute madness like on a consistent on a consistent basis yeah. Although you you have that happen here, but I don't think we pay much attention to it here. Like we literally had um a conservative MP say um, um a Muslim conservative MP should go back to Pakistan. Literally, I saw that this yeah. morning. And we had um another conservative MP who said um um the N word in a woodpile, and yeah. she's had a two week suspension. And she came back like, "What up, dog?" Like, so mm. we do have it. <laughs> we do have it here. Like, and I can name the stats for days. Like, I did a podcast on it two weeks ago, full of stats of how the racism is in your face but i just think maybe because it's not as it's not as mad as america it makes us feel that it's not as bad and also as you said yeah. we just accustom accustomed to it okay yeah. do you think um also a question i like to ask um and i've speaking to my female friends about this do you think there's like a one part of like um, racism is just like the over like um black women are overly sexualized especially from a young age do you feel like that's something that you've experienced or seen? Um, yeah, no, definitely. I feel like um, black women from a young age are adultified. We aren't seen as, we don't, we're not, we're not given that same kind of innocence that, mm. you know, typical little girls get. Um, 
in terms of you know the level of responsibility that's one way um in terms of the level of um brutalization in terms of sexual assault in terms of um more so i guess like me growing up i i filled out quite quickly so you know i had um boobs quicker than most girls my age bum quicker than most girls my age and stuff like that and because of that i got a lot of um people like moving to me and i'll tell them oh you know i'm, I'm 11 i'm 12 but that didn't that didn't matter to them like they don't see that as innocent or like well maybe i don't know what's going on in their head to be honest let me not put words in their mouth um and i, I remember getting told off a lot like um especially like in in church for what i'm wearing and i'm wearing what everyone else is wearing but yeah, I just don't, I don't, to, to some people feel like I'm being intentionally provocative because I'm walking a certain way or because I'm doing a certain thing. And, you know, at that time, that was the last thing on my mind um, to the point where I would spend a lot of time with um, a, a male, a male, um, a male relative. And I remember getting told off for it um, but by other people because they were just speculating like what's going on. And this was something so innocent and so like, so positive for me to do and so innocent. And then when they, when they, when I got told off and got told what was going on, what am I doing? I really had to like come into myself and be, I had to learn to, to be worried about the time I'm spending with men or how it looks mm. like when I'm around men and, and stuff like that. I just have to be worried about what little girls shouldn't have to be worried about. Facts. That's um, insane. Yeah. That's insane. And I think that's something that, um, we as a society really need to address and fight vigorously. And yeah. I think that's the impact that we can have. Like, I think culture makes, I always talk about culture on this podcast. I think culture makes such a big difference. And yeah. that's the reason why stuff like um, culture is why racism is allowed to happen and manifest in so many different ways. Because if, yeah. if culturally from centuries ago black people as you said earlier perceived to be able to handle more pain they should be treated as animals they treat as substandard and yep. they develop quicker and you know what i mean or yeah. you're going to create an environment where our young our young daughters sisters cousins friends could be overly sexualized our, our, our young sons brothers um nieces and um, nephews and friends could be seen as violent or criminal even before they, they haven't done anything and you can yep. if, you, if you create an environment and if you're always perpetuating an image naturally yep. like bro, i remember going to uni random example and then obviously i went to university of birmingham so you've got people from all yep. over the country and some people coming from towns where shops close at 3 p.m and they ain't seen a black person unless it's on tv and when i said i'm black and obviously they saw i'm black and i said i'm from london they're like oh how many times you've been stabbed like like this, yeah literally i'm like like I ain't, I ain't even stabbed Lord willing <laughs> it's been cro- it's been cross a couple of times but like even other people that have been nowhere near that experience like they just assume certain things of that person and that's what culture does like yeah um, like for example like people who have never seen a black person in their lives people who take mushrooms all types of drugs well <laughs> you ask them what does a drug dealer look like although all the drugs they've purchased have been from people in their small town or village that have been white yep they will describe a black person. That's what cult- yep. that's that's what that's what culture does. That's that's yep. the that's that's the impact of culture. So definitely, that, and that's something that we should fight for, fight against vehemently. And speaking of um, different fights, um, recently on social media and just and I think not even recently for years we've had a lot of discussions about unlearning and challenging things such as colorism and and um, misogyny and all these types of things. Um, and obviously, naturally, on social media, no matter what it is, whether it's Love Island or something serious, or somebody finds a really random, almost unbelievable dilemma from Facebook and it comes to Twitter, like, yeah, <laughs> what would you do? What, thoughts, guys? And it's just the most random thing. Oh, a guy has three baby moms and one of them shot him. And who do you think's in the wrong? All the mad things, yeah. <laughs> and it always, to me, it all, almost always falls on gender lines, even on Love Island. I can't, yeah, like, 100%. yeah, always, oh no. Leanne was wrong. Oh no, Mike was wrong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so with the with the there's an literally an internal gender war, and I would really like the gender war socks. I I personally hate tribalism, and I think I'm lucky that I don't see because of the way my mind works. I don't I don't fall in, in tribal lines. So sometimes yeah. I'm on the other side quite often. Like even Leanne, I was like, oh, I don't think Leanne did anything wrong when every guy in the world was saying otherwise. So um, yeah, and I've and what I've um one of my good friends, her name is Martha. Shout out MXM. 
Shout out Hugh yeah. Agency as well. She's I always told me this. Is. She's always told me this from years. I've known this woman for eight, nine years. She's like, um, men on men won't listen to a woman. They'll listen to another man. Mm-hmm. And why I believed her is because I saw, I can say the same thing as her. And she'll yeah. say it, and then obviously she's got a big platform. The women agree, and the man then will come and question it, gaslight all them things. I'll say the same thing, and everybody agrees. Then yeah. that's why. That's why. Okay, like I can't deny this. It's true. So, um, mm-hmm. so I thought it would be important. I think it's important to like have this the discourse on. Obviously, women have been speaking on their grievances and experiences of black women, and then guys will like disagree or counter, and then it becomes a whole madness. So I thought let's have a mature discussion of things. So. Coming from a place as uh, obviously you're a black woman, I, I, well, I hope I hope you're not black fishing, um, Sean. We're not doing a young Rachel Dozo and them. So, um, so what is um, what would you like? You've got the now you've got the platform. I'm not saying like I'm you're on, I'm the biggest platform in the world, but you've got the mic now. So, yeah. Well, so how can you maybe articulate some of the grievances you believe that? Um, some black women have maybe yourself or what your friends or maybe some of the people you've worked with or what you've seen and what would you like to see happen in terms of discourse and understanding okay um so i think gender relations in our community are abysmal <laughs> i think i think you know we've got you, we've got misogyny you know we live in a in a sexist patriarchal world so misogyny exists but then you have it mixed with anti-blackness and one thing about racism anti-blackness it's a it's a culture, so everyone's a part of it, even mm. the black people. Mm. So even black people have internalized anti-blackness. So black people dealing with, you know, unless you know you are realized and, and you've you've realized like what's going on and, and all of that and you've and you've woken up from it, you're still gonna per- perpetuate it. So black people dealing with black people are are gonna be harsher than um black people dealing with white people because mm. they are gonna they're still gonna see that level of delicacy in, in white people a bit more. They're gonna they're not they're gonna perceive black people as stronger. It's just gonna be how it is. You know, you are still gonna get black nurses. You know, we, we talk about a lot um, we don't talk about it, but um I've seen a few people on Twitter talk about um nurses when when they go to um sexual health clinics, how black nurses judge them a lot more and and you know mm, wow. yeah treat them a certain way. Um, as opposed to that they, they you know white patients with professionalism but they're more judgy towards black patients um so you know when 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 girls are going to to get their sexual health tested which should be encouraged um they're made to feel away as if it's an auntie you know doing the sexual health test oh yeah uh, okay that's mad okay yeah so you, so you get black people also perpetuating it um so that's i think that that really slides into gender relations um you you get um you get people so people are already misogynistic or whatever but then there's extra levels of vim when it comes to black women um people are people are i don't know it's 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 a very wide big discussion so i'm trying to find out like what angle i'm coming mm. in at but yeah um you get you get the interactions of people being misogynistic and then having that coupled with with um, anti-blackness as well. So treating black women worse or um, treating the darker skinned women worse with with you know aspects of of colorism as well. Mm. Um, and then because it's so because it isn't the easiest thing to notice, um, it's it's brushed off. So when people do have their gripes and say this person is is treated this way because of the, of the skin color, um, people are like, what are you talking about? Because objectively, everyone knows that's wrong. Yeah. But they don't know how they're contributing to it. Mm. So they, they, they'll be like, no, you're saying something wrong. What you're saying is, you know, that's not supposed to happen. No one is doing that. But they're not looking, they're not asking how, like why, what happened. They're just, they're just denying it because they know it's wrong. But they don't know how it's happening. Um, so I remember like I was having a conversation and I'm a massive Beyonce fan. I, I love Beyonce. Uh, but I was having a conversation saying how Beyonce being lighter has it, you know, we don't know how big her career would have been if she was darker. Not mm. saying that she wouldn't have been talented or whatever. I feel like she deserves every accolade that she gets. I feel like she's, of you course, know, yeah. the, like she's she's the goat. But her being dark could have been a limiting factor for her, and her being light could have worked in her favor. And when I said that, I remember people were like getting onto me and all of that. But I think till now, I still think it's object. I feel, I feel it. I feel like it's true. I feel like you know, not even I feel like. Life shows that, you know, the lighter skinned you are, the more advantages you have. Um, and I think people don't want to accept these truths. I don't feel like people realise how they 
contribute to it because it starts off small. You know, like the um the like there's pyramids of oppression in it. Everything starts off small, and I feel like on the small level we we all contribute contribute to it in some way. Um, so like there's degrad there's um degradation. Oh my gosh, degradation of um of women. You know, it's very common to to talk about women in terms of um bitches or slags or whatever terms people want to use. And while that can be seemingly harmless, once you've registered that these people are a class beneath you and you're able to do that, it's going to lead some people to, to feel like they have agency to disrespect them a bit more. Yeah, it's, again, yeah. it's, it's a culture thing. Once you've created yeah. a culture and mm-hmm. then you're, and you're speaking about somebody or a group of people in a, such a disparaging manner, then it becomes there becomes a superiority complex, and once you feel like you're superior, you're better than somebody. You're yeah. naturally going to treat them inferior, in that um, indirectly or in um, direct or indirectly. So yeah, you're mm-hmm. you're hundred percent right. Like, and it also comes with um, do you know when uh, this is going a bit sideways? But even just stuff like if somebody who is um, accused of being such comes out and speaks and say, yo, this person violating me, disrespecting me in this manner. Yeah. This person is instantly discredited because they've been accused prior of being X, Y, and Z. Which yeah. or not, is irrelevant because it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're less credible or do you know what I mean that this couldn't yeah. have happened to you. Is 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 generally insane. And that is the danger, and I think that's you put it perfectly. That is the danger of once you put when you saying these things and putting these labels it then almost makes that person defenseless. You've taken yeah. away their humanity and you probably don't realise it because you're just thinking, oh, I'm just saying this is a name. But it, it's a perpetuation of a culture. And that's something that I've realised over the years. Like, I remember having a discussion many years ago and then one of the things I regret is like, people talk about rape culture. I was like, what's rape culture? I can't remember mm-hmm. how the person described it to me. I'm like, I don't know. I don't agree. I don't think you can have rape culture because my, from my perspective, I generally mm-hmm. thought that the way we view rapists and stuff like that are like the worst or bottom of society. Like I'll see people from all different colors and backgrounds. Like this is when one of the crimes where people say that, yo, you should die, like not even be arrested. Yeah. But what I didn't realize and what I was ignorant to is like, and somebody posted a sick graphic the other day that it's like a pyramid of rape culture. Obviously at the top was rape, but like the things at the bottom, like the, what you just mentioned, calling people hoes, sluts, catcalling all these type of things it perpetually creates this environment that enables the very worst in us in society to yeah. then go on and perform these acts and it's the same with racism once you have stuff like when the microaggressions the the court the, the assuming black people are like this they're like that once you create an environment where black people are seen as inferior the very worst in society how they will interact with us will bring out the worst. So that's when you get cases like George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's the problem when we don't recognise that even as small things as just saying disparaging things to people, the lasting impact it can have on them. But yeah, sorry, go forth. Yeah, no, 100%. So, you know, you, you know, you worded it very perfectly with, with the pyramid of um, oppression. And, and you know, I feel like um, the, the thing that's very unique about black women and black men are interactions um, that might differ from um, white men and white women. You know, white white men are at the top of the pyramid in, in like societal hierarchy. But then you have black men and black women being at the bottom for different reasons. Mm. Um, you have you have black men being um being heavily criminalised and, and um, being heavily brutalised. And then you have black women with the same as well, but to a lesser degree than the men, but more than most women. Mm. And also being kind of, so as much as, you know, the world is patriarchal, um, patriarchy, it, it benefits men in an, on a net level, but it does have its, its, its disadvantages to men. Um, and it has, it has some, it, 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 it um, disadvantages women, but it has some benefits to women um so you know as long as you can fit into that that scale of femininity mm. you know you're, you're able to be um innocent so that means that people want to protect your innocence um you're able to be dainty so people want to um to provide for you you're able to to fit into these um little things that that give you those small benefits of, of patriarchy as a woman and i feel like as black women we are stripped from that we are masculinized we we aren't we aren't we aren't innocent so we you know there's nothing to protect um, we are strong, so there's nothing to to provide for, um, and and I think I feel like that informs a lot of our interactions 
I feel like um, rape culture is very pervasive in in our interactions as well. I feel like um, again, you know, everything is a is a culture, so the people that are suffering from it also perpetuate it too. Mm. And as much as black people are hypersexualized, um, you know, that's that's something that people can play into. Mm. And when you, you know, naturally people are, you're, you're raised to, I'll, I'll talk a bit more about rape, rape culture. Um, for example, you know, when, when we're all brought up, you know, guys are kind of given signals in different ways from, from people or media or, or whatever, that it's, it's really good. It's, you know, it's really good to, to have sex with lots of women and meet your man. Um, you know, these are your conquests. This is the signs of your masculinity. Mm. Then girls are like, you know, it's really bad to have sex with lots of boys. It makes you less of a woman. So stay away. But it's good to get their attention. But it's not good for that to lead to sexual um, interactions. Mm. But you are a human being and you should have sex. But it should only be in this situation. So it's, it's very, you know, messed up for girls. Yeah, very cloudy. Um, yeah, very cloudy. But essentially don't do it, but want the attention. But don't do it, but receive the attention. But in certain situations. And for guys, yeah, just go, go at it, go at it. So when you now get a man and a woman that have paired up, um, you know, the woman's like, oh no, stop, don't. And the guy is, you know, he's able to overcome that and eventually, you know, they have sex or whatever and they do whatever they want and and you know, everyone's happy. That's the the image and that's what's um, perpetuated by pornography as well and and um and all sorts. So people now feel like that's what their inter- interaction should be. So you get guys, you know, being quite abrasive in these situations. Um and thinking that, you know, when a girl's saying no, stop, you know, just try harder. Um, and you you feel like, and you get girls that feel like that should happen as well. That, mm. um, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to say I've no, stop. That. I've heard yeah. that. I'm supposed to say no and stop so he doesn't think I'm too easy. I, I'm not allowed to say, listen, I want this. I'm, I'm supposed to be very um, passive and, and you know, playfully rejecting this to the point where um, if a girl is just like, no, I want this, give this to me she can be demonized for that or to the mm. point where to the point where if the girl says no stop and the guy actually stops the girl can be like oh why did you stop yep so you know the the script for for what sexual interaction should look like is already very rapey um and then you know once you cross that boundary you've crossed that boundary and i feel like people don't get how easy it is to cross that boundary and how the culture allows it to be easy to do such Mm. And then, you know, eventually if the girl does speak out, it's very easy to demonize her. You know, once you call a girl a slag, it's very difficult for her to claim that she's been raped because... It's stripped away her credibility. Yeah, that, you've taken away the virtue of a woman because women are, are valued on their their um, their sexual innocence. Mm. And once she doesn't have that, you know, how can a guy take something that you're giving out for free? Mm. Not, that she's a, not that she's an actualized human being who can, um, you know, select her sexual partners. It just means that she's somebody that everyone has access to and, and no one can can possibly rape or violate this person. Mm. Um, and, you know, I was looking at, I don't know if this comes from a more um, economics um, kind of standpoint or whatever, but I was looking at marriage, um, marriage statistics, basically, and black and mixed people have the lowest um, marriage or, or cohibition rates amongst other households. And I don't know if that's even to do with like our intracommunal relations or if it's to do with our socioeconomic position. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of work to be done with how we see each other. Even the, the dialogue on social media, it is very pain driven. Mm. I mean, pe- people are hurt. People have been hurt and they have the right to that pain. But it's very, you know, it's, it's very expressive of that pain to the point where other people engaging in it are becoming triggered, contributing to the pain. And there's not much healing. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't know what the other side looks like. And I hope that we do get to the other side, but I feel like we are in a period of pain. Do you know and, what? Yeah, go on. Hmm? No, no, sorry, sorry. Go on. Okay, go on. No, I was just saying that we, we are in a period of pain. I, I don't know what the remedy of that looks like. And I, I hope that we do get there. Um, but I think relations in our community are really, really bad. Like even we, we see people talk about the, the black UK dating scene like just everything that involves gender relations is just pants at the moment. Um, especially <laughs> like it, it, I can't I can't speak on other communities to be honest, but I'm, I'm I can only speak for the oh, one I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. I don't have to speak on other communities. I don't have that information. But yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree with you, and and I feel like I I can take um, responsibility for this. And I think is um, my fault is just not 
looking okay so basically so i view i've always thought and i've always said on twitter i believe the overall majority of black women love black men and over majority of black men love black women so when god said oh i don't think black men love us i've always been i mean this is crazy like because i'm looking i'm like all, we're all in the same environment do you know what i mean every time there's a wedding there's a black person a black person all the relationships we see online like all the people that when a woman posts a pic all the guys that are trying to move to a gas are black and obviously yeah. using my personal experiences and everybody talks from a place of personal experience and obviously as a as a as a, as a numbers guy i'm like, looking at the numbers do you know what i mean like because people trying to perpetuate that black men date interracially more than everybody else and that's not true so I, but what i didn't understand what i should have been more understanding of was and i think i had this um i think i was talking about this maybe a few months ago on um, me and this lady um one row shout out monique um lovely woman and then she was like oh these are people's experiences and i was like yeah i understand i don't want to discount anybody's experiences but i just don't feel like you can scale out your experiences but yeah. i didn't realize that that was intrinsically um kind of belittling the message that the women were trying to put out and i think because of a small group of some people who I generally believe are just generally mad and I don't think, and I think it's probably pain driven, but the way yeah. they put out their message is very, very toxic and just a consistent demonization of black men. And I've never been some, and it's, it's never triggered me, but it's just, it got to the point where it's irritating because I believe it creates culture. That's the reason why I started to talk about it. But yeah. those small, there's a difference between those people and you can see the difference when they're very inconsistent in what they say. So you can say, okay, yeah. cool, this is not people... Obviously, I'm not denying that they probably had experiences that's driven them to this, but yeah. also maybe the attention they get from social media, they feel like they kind of have to always do this at, to the point mm -hmm. where they're forcing it. But yep. the wider woman community generally have issues. And I think because it's come from a place of hurt, it's similar to how we are um, with um, white people. We're like, no, we're tired of like babying you lot like fucking yeah. listen and i think yeah. sometimes and i was having this discussion with neegs on the last few digits like sometimes and i can take and i can take um i can't believe this as well cut yeah. past the, the the mad ones because they're few mm -hmm. and far between they just yeah. happen to have a larger voice but actually look at the contents of what somebody's saying and maybe because i'm blessed enough to have you for example like you're more like a recent addition to my life unfortunately but i've had other good <laughs> friends that i talk about these matters and they teach me better because i'm always willing to listen i don't i don't mind being wrong like that's how i learn in it and that's why people yeah. think i'm smart but the reason why i've got a decent amount of information because i go out and talk to people like i'm always trying to i just don't believe that i'm always right i go out and speak to people and i think yeah. one thing i think that the guys should do is okay cool it does come across as an attack because it is. Yeah. But, but why are you being attacked? Yeah. Think about why you're being attacked. And I think, shout out my boy Anton, I'm going to try to get him on the pod as well. And he was talking about this and he was like, one thing that maybe guys are guilty of is knowing their own character and being a noble person and maybe from what you see of your boys, because you can never be too sure sometimes, are noble people. Don't think, don't scale that out to other people. And that's what I was trying to explain to girls but i was doing the same thing myself trying to scale yeah. my personal experiences of me and my close circle and how we treat women in our lives and assuming and scaling it out to others because clearly on the evidence of what we've seen from from women that's not the case so i think yeah. um there has to be a level of accountability and shout out the likes of um jj brother he always speaks about this he's encouraging guys to do to do better and i just want to use my platform as a as a kickstart to mending our internal relations because we've yeah. got a big enemy that is systematic racism that is hitting us from all type of angles but yeah. we need a we need a united um community to to do better and also as a standard human being you should care about how the women in your community and the men in your community feel and their experiences because i believe that on both sides maybe men aren't as vocal on our issues but i'll talk about it on another podcast it's not the mandem's turn now but i genuinely believe that there needs to be a change in the discourse and and i'm sure my friend andrea and she said the reason why the maybe we see a lot more vim and a certain different aggression in certain stances and just lashing out is because people are tired of being experiencing misogyny people are tired of being violated and yeah. and i think one thing that we all should should and i also what maybe this information that i could give to the ladies that we should also we also need to understand proximity and 
if you're in close proximity, it's the same argument as a black and black crime thing. It's a proximity mm-hmm. thing. So I do believe that we have issues of internalized anti-blackness, but also mm-hmm. some things are just proximity. Unfortunately for us, there's going to be bad human beings in any camp. This is not to excuse you, I'm just stating just the unfortunate truth. Oh, yeah. The unfortunate truth. It's going to be bad human beings in any camp. And any bad experience or good experience that we're going to have in our lives are naturally going to be at the at the at the feet and hands of black people, whether it be black men or black women, whether it be positive or bad. So that's something yeah. to take into account. And I'll like obviously, I'm not. I don't believe that women should spoon feed man, even yeah. like because it's cheeky. Like obviously, I I take the role of a spoon feeder in terms of information, but yeah. I believe I just naturally have the capacity to do it. Not, yeah, everybody has capa- not everybody has the capacity to do it and I don't think they should because some, yep. of, some of it is just downright laziness and, yep. and I don't think that we should be lazy as people because we can't afford to be. Yeah, like, exactly. Unfortunately, we can't because there's no, you know, there's another, there's a quote by like MLK saying how we are, actually no, it might not be MLK. It's by <laughs> someone um, basically that, that you can't get freedom by appealing to the moral compass of the oppressor. You have, you have to do the work. Like mm. it should be done by the oppressor. You know, some people say, "Oh, racism is is white people's problem." Okay, fair enough, but there's no incentive for them to give the solution if they're benefiting from it. We we can't be lazy about it. Like mm. it, has, it, unfortunately, it has to be our our work. And yeah, so I'm I'm also like I have the capacity to help on all of that. So I'm not against. I, I do get it. Like a lot of people don't, and and you know, it shouldn't be expected or or there yeah. should be no entitlement to to my labour. But I am happy to help in a genuine sense. Yeah, and I, I also, I also, I, I also like to. Um, obviously, um, I think what we understand is that when it comes to the ladies speaking a message, some people that not everybody's come from, Some people want um, to educate, and some people just yep. want to vent, and yep. and I, and I understand both. So if you just want to vent, you have no, you don't you don't have to tell your message down. Because when I'm venting about the Oyembers, them, I'm just saying it as it is. Like you see my tweets, I'm saying flog these youths, bend everything down. You know how I play. But when it comes to the educational yeah. perspective, I do personally believe it's important that you try to communicate in the most effective way possible if you want people to hear you. And I, and I hear, and I hear your pain in regards to how people, you don't believe people should be babies to give information. And that's how mm. I feel. And that's how we feel as black people, black men and women, when we're talking to white people and maybe Asian people or whatever, in terms of race, race, um, racism, white supremacy, anti-blackness or whatever. But at the same time, I believe as as the, as the mandem in our community, um, and I can say from personal experience, we can't keep waiting for people to get pammed into dust we can't keep waiting for a black man or a black woman to get murdered to pattern up. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. because, and you can't just, you can't just, and I don't believe it's justified to just like focus on your, on your close circle. Cause I, I, would, I would like to hope that um, the vast majority of black men are treating their mothers, their aunties, their nieces, their, their women, their best, their female friends, their cousins, their sisters adequately. Yeah. But I think, you it needs to extend beyond that and that that yeah. is you see your another black person at work even if she's annoying like who like if she's getting violated you got sick up and um shout out my boy meads how much as i hate him sometimes but um he I remember he was telling me the story about at work like that's a black woman he don't even really talk to her like she's just a black woman at work do you know what i mean like he's just keeps himself yeah. off at work and then colleagues were trying to say like oh yeah she's like don't you think that she moves aggressive and, da, 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 da. and he's like how He's like, oh, don't you think? Yeah. He's like, how? He goes, then he started, like, when the person was giving examples, he was putting out how another white woman in the team has done the same, if not worse, and he has never said a single word about us. So why her? And, and that G-check instantly alerts somebody of their potential unconscious bias if it was indeed unconscious. Yeah. But that's an example of how you could defend somebody. It doesn't have to be literally, I don't know, getting a gun out and like going to shoot for black women and that. It, but like, I think just just doing little bits and pieces and i don't even think that little bits and pieces is enough but yeah but that's just do you know what i mean like i don't know i I love that example that you gave because i feel like if if anything if the statue how the man were moving about statues and that yeah and even (laughs) them putting black lives matter on the premier league football shirts if you read the comments yeah should show you that the people don't really care like don't get me wrong there are some and i think it's probably more the newer age 
I think maybe um, the white children growing up in our generation, they're less homophobic, they're less transphobic, they're less racist than previous generations because society is slowly changing, but it's not changing quick enough. Yeah. But overall, we can't rely, I don't think you can rely on the group that has been oppressing you. You have, we have to step up as a collective. Do you know what I mean? So obviously I want to do a podcast and addressing things from a male's perspective, but from the female's perspective, I'm not sure I'm even allowed to say female because I see people get panned for that. From the women's perspective, <laughs> like, my name ain't trying to get drapes and that. From the women's perspective, I think we'll do a long way to actually just look at the content of the message and not how it's delivered all the time. And I yeah. think that's why J. Cole was getting his ass paragons online. Like, we actually <laughs> need to look at the content of the message sometimes yeah. and take yeah. our male ego. And I think it's because as masculinity, you don't, you don't have to be talked spoken to anyhow. Because yeah. I'm looking and thinking, look at these five foot three girls talking about us recklessly like this. Like, <laughs> because honestly, and that's how sometimes I thought, I'm like, bro, like, you're, you're five two, like, why are you talking? Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> it, it's wild to me. I'm thinking, like, like it's, I don't understand it. Like, but it's, it's, it's gotten, it's gotten a bit, it's got a bit reckless. And I feel like the reason why it's got a bit reckless is because it is clear that the ladies them feel they're not been protected by anybody. And they've yeah. galvanized over the years. And I, and I, to be fair, grand scheme of it, it's quite gangster. They're like, yo, you're not going to talk about black women this way anymore. If you do, you're going to yeah. get pammed. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you're going to get pammed to dust. And that's why certain times I see certain tweets and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to come back to this in three minutes because you're about to, you're about to get cut to my G. And mm-hmm. I think, and I think that's gangster, but we shouldn't have to have a stage where people have to literally turn to mob justice, jungle justice to protect themselves. And that's the, that's the, flipping um that's the bottom line and i think as men we're naturally told we're meant to be the protectors of our family this that and the third yeah so maybe we need to pattern i feel like some guys definitely do this so this yeah. is not an indictment at all but i do believe as a collective we can do better i want to get onto the we defend ufc in, in another pod but for this <laughs> one but for this one i agree with you sean so what are the, some of the things that you think that some of the ways you feel like my male listeners um, on the podcast can like I don't know like improve relations and I don't know just be better I, I don't even know how to word it but you know what I'm trying to say um I think I think you know men protecting women when when people say that you get the image of a guy seeing another man slap a woman and mm. then boxing up yeah and I feel like you know that's great if you want to do that go for it but you know that's not going to be the most common way that it can happen mm. and I think you know as much as we can say that um, you know, society is, is a culture. So I think the, the best way to protect women is look at how you contribute to the culture and how you can influence the culture as well. Mm. I think men are not aware of their social power. I know um, some guys, they act up around other guys to impress them. Yeah, you know, be, being recognised as a, as, a, as a strong man around other men is really important to them. So if men collectively shun certain behaviours, like they make, they make guys seem like a dickhead for displaying certain behaviours, they will stop it a lot quicker than women who complaining because people perceive it as, you know, they don't perceive it as as strong for women to complain because they feel like women always complain and Which is it, true. Like, it don't matter to them. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but um, uh, like, I think as men, if, if you can see like a guy is being a dickhead or calling women this and that and you show a strong front against it, that guy is never going to do it around you again because it, it like it, it, you matter to that, to that person. Men perceive men as more important in, in most realms of life, like even down to the deepest subconscious where men dream about other men, 72%. And, you know, they, women are, are ah. more of an afterthought. Yeah, men dream about men 70%, 72% of the time, my, whereas my, women... No, 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 my dreams in that. I'm not joking, God. Like, yeah, characters and dreams are mostly males for men. Like, they, you know, in, in the world, or how men perceive the world, they mostly perceive men. Mm. So I think that change is going to be mostly influenced from men within groups of men, whereas women um, perceive men and women about at about fifty percent each. Um, give or take two percent. Um, That's true. So I think I think stuff like you know when you see so degrad like if you stop like calling women sluts or whatever, and when you see it, you you check it. The guy's not going to do it around you no more. He knows that you you don't run with that. I feel like when you see um guys saying uh what was she wearing though when it comes to responses to rape and, and all that all them excuses. Yeah. I feel like, you know, just check it. I feel like women should not people see like women complaining as like hyenas cackling or whatever. If it when a man says it, they see it as more profound. So you as a man, you have that power to stop it. And then they'll know that actually, you know, that that's what makes people second guess themselves um a lot of the time. It's, it just takes the voice of a man. Um I feel like the culture of like manipulation of women, um 
to 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 gain to gain um, a romantic ending or an intimate ending that needs to stop because that is directly directly contributing to rape culture. Thinking that okay, um, even like our drinks culture, like we have a, an alcoholic culture, drink culture, whatever. But thinking you need to buy a girl bear drinks um, to get with her, that Nasty. is that stems yeah that 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 stems from wanting to incapacitate her mentally or thinking that, okay, as a man, I need to, or, you know, if this woman has too much self-esteem, she's not the one for me. You want her to be um, incapacitated in something like in terms of her self-esteem, like there's easier access to her or like having it in mind that, you know, intimacy is the ultimate goal and you're going to do anything to get there. I think that's really, it's it's not, it's not good. And I think it's it's a behavior that's very, very egged on amongst men, like men, spud each other about it and you know some guys their their main objective of sexual interaction is to boast to their boys yeah yeah i think yeah i think you're right about that and i think you're right in terms of guys making it um the difference is um once guys start to say something isn't cool you start to see the change so i remember nico's example of like conan saying something about man them something like Come on the lyrics, something basically guys still jacking phones and almost instantly man them weren't going on the road to rob phones. Even like I'll give lighthearted examples first. Like Blade Brown was like basically that like, raw, like you man still wearing Cartiers. I did not see a Cartier anywhere. Like <laughs> it, like man, they, I don't know what they did. They put they sold all that shit ASAP, yeah, because somebody of status and influence basically said they weren't cool no more. And I yeah. think and I've even seen this in like in my in like in my own close circles where mm-hmm. I think naturally, I think I'm quite blessed that for the most part, I've got like quite a good friendship group. But like, mm-hmm. we just don't even like in terms of talking about girls, we, we don't talk about like, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Conquests and stuff like that. Yeah. You, obviously, naturally, you'll bring about girls, but it'll be like more because something very silly happened or was funny or something mad, you know what I mean? Or she's annoyed, do you know what I mean? Just like standard talk, which women don't have on the flip side, basically like discussing it because there was an interest, there's a reason, not just, oh, yeah. look at me like like a Super Mario. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and I think even in, I think maybe because um, I find, I've always found that stuff kind of weird. So, mm-hmm. even, even in certain groups, if like if that type of stuff happens, I'm like, fam, like, why are you boasting about girls? Like, nobody cares. Like, if a man brings up girls, like, oh, this girl, I always make sure I make a point of saying nobody cares. It's not that, it's not interesting. Like, do you want us to, <laughs> do you want us to now come and chop orgasm on your, on your, with you? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, it's not G. Like, it's, it's proper not G. And I think, see, this is even a very, very small thing that is easily done. Like, yep. if, and I like to talk about, like, I don't really go carnival. I don't like carnival. I went last year and I hate every moment of it. But like, <laughs> But if you go to kind of even just going out in a nightclub, yeah, yeah, and if you just look at how guys engage women, it's flipping scary. Obviously, mm-hmm. like so, I think is up. Like as a guy, you got if you, these are clearly somebody's friends. Like yeah, exactly, people, people don't go to a club on their own unless they're just I don't know, I don't know what you know. If you go to a club on your ones, like you, you need to be arrested because that's weird. <laughs> but <laughs> but like if you're seeing your boy like do too much of a girl, you gotta like do you know what I mean? Like you got yeah. G check that like, and it doesn't have to be in front of everybody. You but you got um you got to you got to. And for those listening to podcasts, I always tweet about it every so often, and it's usually after I've gone somewhere. And it's, you do not have license to touch anybody. A hundred percent. Don't if you want to speak to somebody, you use your mouth to speak to them. You ask to get their attention. If they manage yeah. to go past you quickly, bro, it is what it is. Even check to me, I can't be running after a girl in a rave. That's weird. <laughs> like, as if, she, as if she owes you pee. But you um. you got to learn, understand how to talk to people with respect. And you got, like, I saw a girl tweet yesterday, something like, oh, do you know how, do you know how mad it is that when you feel some touch your way, if you turn around and you see a woman that you know, you just feel relieved. That, that's nuts. Like, people shouldn't mm-hmm. be living like, don't touch nobody, fam. Un- yeah. Don't, unless you've really developed that relationship with that person, don't touch anybody unsolicited. That's wild. Like, yeah. and I think if you're seeing your boys move like this, I would like to believe that you'll G-check it. Even like, even stuff like if you're seeing your boy trying to move to a girl, she's clearly not interested. Shame your boy. I don't give a, f- like, if I see a man trying to move to a girl, she's not giving the vibes. I'm shaming you on the spot. Leave her alone, big man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, leave yeah, her everything alone. Everything you're saying, though, everything you're saying is a, is a marker of um, of masculinity for a lot of people. So if, she, if this girl's not convinced, yeah, and somehow, you know, this script of, of dating, you're able to, to change her mind, you know, you're a G. 
So you, you know what you're what you're describing is, is good, but that's not what that's not what society is telling everyone to do. People are saying that you know, try your luck, do the most. Her no just is like it's temporary, isn't it? If you're good enough, she'll change her mind. I can't lie, and, I, I've never understood because see me, I've got too much pride. If I get part, <laughs> I just want I just want the ground to swallow me. Like I'm trying to get <laughs> out of there. I'm trying to pretend like this never happened, bro. Like do you know what I mean? Like I'm just so disgraced that I that I just chopped it out like that. Like are you not embarrassed? Like. Why are you trying to convince somebody? Do you work for ACN? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, you're trying to sell, like, trying to sell short your microwave. Like, yeah, like, trying to sell short your microwave or something. Like, that, like, that's not cool. That is not cool. And I think it's up to us to let our brethren know that's not cool. And I think, obviously, naturally, guys who go do that are very extreme, and I'm talking about actual sexual assault, is unlikely they're going to alert you about this. So, yeah. But, this stuff you can see the stuff like i'm talking about the lower level stuff that are still very wrong like do you know what i mean being overly persistent with a shorty that clearly isn't interested getting into a yeah. personal space unsolicited touching these are things that you can see because it happens when we're out so yeah you may not be able to see if he's doing the absolute mad thing but if you're seeing that type of behavior you've got to g-check that on the spot because it's not cool and you wouldn't exactly. it's i don't know why this has to be said because it's common sense but Maybe, I don't know, but that's just not cool. And I agree with you. So maybe that's something, things that we can do. And even even stuff like, just like bullying, like girls with verbally and stuff like that. It's just not cool. Like you can't be, can't be out here like, do you know what I mean? Do that type of stuff to girls. It's just, it's just not cool. Like, and I think that's something that we can do, definitely do as guys. And it doesn't take anything at all. You're not asked, yeah. you're not asked to be Captain America and Iron Man. You're just literally <laughs> asked to just like, not be complicit like your boy like the fact that your boy's doing that around you should make you feel uncomfortable because he thought that that behavior can run because exactly. because even like even on a more jokey vibe there's certain like guys will talk to their boys oh yeah this girl oh, she this but really in dms or on the phone he's moving like a little romeo you know what i'm saying but that's because <laughs> he didn't feel comfortable to be that to show how he is with that woman with you lot because he felt a bit vulnerable he might feel like he might get... so why does he feel comfortable to talk higgy and be very disrespectful or violate a woman or any person who's unprovoked like that exactly. that should set alarm bell off the environment indirectly or directly that you've created with this person yep yeah and I feel like the, the environment definitely encourages it. And I feel like guys don't underestimate their ability to set the tone of their environment and to change that direction. Because, yeah, um, yeah like you said, it, you know, if your boy does something around you that's spooky, it means that you've given the impression that that's a good thing to do or that's okay to do. And you need to correct that. And once you correct it, most of the time, he'll, he'll pattern up. Men don't like to feel like, men like to, don't like their guys to, to feel disappointed in them. They like to, you know, be in line with with what is cool of, um, with their friends around them. So I think once you set that tone, that's that's like a, a very easy way to protect the woman around you, to um, influence your circle of friends, to change minds of people around you. And you know, if if they pick that up from you, they're going to spread it to people around them as well. And you know, that's how we create a new kind of culture. One hundred percent. I'm with that. Hmm, is there anything else you'd like to add, Sean? Um. Hmm. Just be kind. I think. I think this period of, um, you know, the pandemic, it's just, it's just created a massive activism culture bigger than the one that we already had before. Because I feel mm. like it is, it is, you know, being woke is in. Um, but it's, it's really given it a boost. Mm. And I feel like, um, it's important to to know what to tune into and to know what not to tune into and to know what to respond to, what not to respond to. Because, mm. you know, this is the time where people are expressing pain a lot mm. um, and their pain is valid and it doesn't need to be like... Dissected. It, yeah, it doesn't need to be dissected. It doesn't need to be... Um, just don't touch it. Like, just leave it alone. And, you know, the, the people that are having open discussion, join that mm. and get opinions, talk to people, um, speak to people. If you're not sure what to do, it's better it's better to do nothing than to do something stupid. Facts. Um, and, and to just, you know recalibrate with people around you like um with social media know when to log off know when to just talk to people that you know and and get insight from their group um i think you know with everything that's happened my mind was first one way then i spoke to people a bit more and i got i got a wider perspective of what's going on 
Um, you know, we, we all have our personal experiences. We all relate to the world in a very different way. And you cannot, you cannot tunnel vision it. You cannot tunnel it. You have to, you have to take a wider perspective to, to understand what's going on and to understand where several different people are coming from and to not be in a, in a perpetual state of, of pain. Although mm. pain is necessary, it doesn't need to be perpetual. Mm. Yeah, and, and I feel like that is something that is very lost on people. It does, it doesn't need to be perpetual. You don't need to be a martyr to the pain. Mm. Like you, you can, you know, we can look forward to, to better things. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, I think that's a good way to end the pod. So, where can people find you on the social media streets and and um, your and your business? So, where can we find you? Um, so you, you can find me mainly on Twitter. Um, so that is at Shomisita S H O M I C I T A, um, and Lafia Health is um, at L A F I Y A Health. Um, and it's the same handles for in, for my Instagrams as well. So yeah, I'm most active on Twitter. I use tw- Instagram sometimes, but yeah, that, that's me. Yeah, use Instagram when you're floating in the water like one mermaid in Iceland. That picture bang though. Yeah, it did, it did. I can't lie. I'm, 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 I'm gonna recreate that when we're free from Corona. Trust me. <laughs> Wait me. Okay, Sean, thank you for having me. Well, no, thank you for me. And thank, thanks for having me. Thank, no problem. You can come back anytime. <laughs> thanks. For, thank you for being on the podcast. Should I say I've, I lost my marbles. Um, okay, yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. A- anytime, anytime. So yeah, people, thank you for listening. Make sure you share this with your friends and family. Um, any thoughts? Hashtag Dissonomics on Twitter and Instagram. You can catch me on Twitter underscore Nomics. Any questions? You could hit up Sean um, Lafia Health or hit up me. You could hit up my DMs are open. Don't send me your mixtape. I'll block you. I'm tired of these youths. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you can also find me on email, hello at dysonomics.com. But yeah, until next week, peace and God bless. Take care. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.